Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. My name is Panos and today I'm going to do a little bit of a half Q&A and a little bit of a feedback on what's been happening over the last two weeks on our end. Two apologies. Number one, I want to get this done a couple of days ago, so it could be released last weekend. However, I got a cold and you can kind of hear in my voice, it's a little bit nasally. I'm all good though and I have survived. However, it's not really desirable to talk to a microphone when your brain's not working and you're coughing every 25 seconds. So, I'm back and in the last two weeks, I have attended, I attended Jay Jack's seminar. That was really fun, really, really good, very knowledgeable. And if you guys heard the previous podcast that we just did, we had Jay on and it was really good to do that podcast with him, have a little bit of a chat, understand his perspective from his, you know, from having a conversation with him, because I am very familiar with his work, but I've never had a chat with him. And then seeing him work and present his seminar was really cool to put all of the aspects together. And then, of course, going through the practical side of the training and then seeing how the theory and and the application merge together. That was really, really fun. So, Jay, thanks for your for your efforts. Thanks for coming to Australia. And I will give a special thank you to Jazz Whiting. Sorry, I had to, didn't want to mess, mess up your name, Jazz. And maybe my brain is still a little bit foggy. However, I do want to thank you because it was a really good time. There was so, so many good dog trainers there. So much of a good network. I'm really down for that. I'm excited to be a part of that community. There was a lot of people giving some good feedback about this podcast. So, thank you for listening. Thanks for sharing your experiences. And thank you for giving me a little bit of positive reinforcement and sharing the love because, of course, that's what we're doing this for. It is a love project. Yes, we get a little bit of attention our way, but the main reason for it is that we w- I want to put my thoughts forward into word format. I want you to be able to listen to it, add, add on to what you've already know as part of dog training, but more importantly, see my perspective, so then you can allow your perspective to be open a little bit more. And that's why I learn and go to seminars and listen to other podcasts on different topics, especially dog training, so that we don't live in an echo chamber, just hearing your own voice over and over again, thinking, look, I know everything because I never want to be that way. I know that there's so much that we can learn, so much that we can improve in our art and our craft. And of course, we achieve that through the science. However, Staying together, sticking together and doing the right things for each other and for the industry is really, really important. And then the day following after the seminar had finished, I had a lovely lady called Ellie from, oh no, where did she come from? Ellie's from Geelong. She's a dog trainer in Geelong and her business name is, let me find it here, I don't want to get it wrong, Complete Canine Training Geelong. So, she wanted to shadow me. We spoke quite a few months ago to set that up. So, the shadow program that I offer can be in either one, two days, or it could be the whole full full four days. 
Ellie came along for the two days. We spread it out throughout the week so that she can be attend the sessions that she would benefit the most and she wanted to learn more about reactivity and aggressive behavior and how to how to work on that. She came along. She was she was lovely to hang out with, great company, but more importantly, she had her questions, she had a notepad, she was writing the notes down. She was great at observate. She had a great skill of observation as well as had some really good questions after the session. So in between sessions, when we're having lunch, however what have you, we were able to break that down and speak a lot more about that and what it is that we actually, what we actually covered, but also, you know, just getting her feedback. Like I had to ask her a few times, what is it that was the most outstanding for that one? What stood out the most? What is it something that you can bring back into your skill set so you could share with your clients? And and this is where everything kind of comes in a full circle for today's episode because Roger Wallace, an avid follower of, of ours, and we're, and we're always staying in contact. So, Roger, if you're listening, I'm sure you are. You're a good man. And I'm going to say out loud the question that you sent me through Instagram because it does kind of tie into not only, obviously, dog training, <laughs> number two, um, J-Jack, and Ellie shadowing, and then, of course, making that full circle. So, he said, do you ever question your metaphors or examples you use after telling clients not to be anthropomorphic? For example, treat him like a dog and not like a human baby. Five minutes later, dot, 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 pay him for the work that he does. So, it was interesting because Roger just recently had seen J-Jack at a seminar in the States. So, that was really cool. And I said to him, great question, tough to navigate. For teaching people, I think it's important to use analogies and metaphors as this is how we connect the dots. But it can muddy the water because, of course, humans and dogs aren't the same. Currently a J-Jack seminar, full of human analogies, yet not explaining the dog's behavior as if they operated from a human psychology. Hope this makes sense. He said yes, and he said, uh, he said to say hi to Jay. So, and the reason why I'm, I say that this makes a full circle is because if you had listened to Jay Jack's episode and if you have attended any of his training or seen any of his content, listened to his podcast or gone to any of his seminars, that he's full of human analogy. He's using the analogies that are perfect for the situation, for the human being to understand what the message is. And once you know the message, then you can apply it through your brain, sift it through your brain so that you can apply it into dog training. And... And what Ellie repeatedly always come back to is like, love your analogies, love your metaphors, love how they fit into the right time. This is for me anyway, and what I'm into, I like symbolism. I, I do like metaphor and the analogies. I, I greatly benefit from it. When I have an appropriate metaphor and analogy said to me, I can understand the situation a lot better. Like, for example, how to put leverage onto somebody's arm if you're going to do an arm bar or some sort of wrist lock. If you can use in the analogy of a fulcrum from a seesaw, understand the seesaw, you understand now an arm is not a, uh, not a seesaw, obviously. However, where your arm goes and where the fulcrum lays so that you can create leverage so that you can u- utilize that lock for control or, or for damage, whatever it is that you're into. Once you understand that metaphor, now, you may have heard that right then and not and made no connection because maybe you've never been in an arm bar or put an arm bar onto somebody. 
And it doesn't have to be an armbar. It could be any type of arm lock or wrist lock for this example. But if you have done it or has been done to you, or if you, if you practice the art and just understand how leverage works and then you can kind of put it into where your feet move, how your arms move, where your torso is placed. So my point here is that you don't want to lose yourself within, within the analogy, but you want the analogy, you want the symbolism, you want the, the thing that you can relate to the most. Find the, the connection to the thing that you're trying to learn. And if it works for you, that's awesome, but you shouldn't think don't treat the dog like a baby, but pay him for the work that he does. And that was Roger's question or example. Well, like, yeah, pay him for the work that he does because we understand how positive reinforcement works. We know that when he does the behavior, we want to give him the reinforcement to strengthen the behavior. So, pay him for the work that he does. But that doesn't mean when Chili comes to work with me, leave the house at nine, get back at 7.30 in the evening, and I give him a bone or, you know, a pig's ear or, you know, some sort of high value, long lasting treat. Give that to him because so he knows that he got paid for the work that he did. Because for me, if I work nine till 7.30 and I came home and he said, hey, I'm going to shout your dinner. I'm going to give you, you know, a seafood platter or whatever. Thanks for your work today. I'm like, oh, you paid me for my work. Thanks. It's amazing. Thank you very much. I can understand that. The dog doesn't get reinforcement for the whole day of work equals bone in the afternoon. I don't think that works that way. And that would be an example of paying for the work that he does in the human way of thinking of it, where if the dog's done his downstay, a dog runs past him, he doesn't break position, you mark and reward or release him and play the game of tug, you're paying him for his work. Take, like, if, from what that means, pay him for the work that he does. So you don't want to get... You don't want to be too literal when it comes to dog training. You do want to have a, you know, be a bit more abstract. You do want to be a roundabout. You want to be thinking abstractly, I guess is the word that I'm trying to think of. You, you don't want to be too set in what you do. And especially when you're, you know, something that was explained to Ellie when we went to four different sessions in that one day is that you walk into somebody's house or you meet them in a park or wherever it is. We have been taught not to judge anybody. However, you have to judge somebody for, you know, how old are they? What gender are they? What are they into? How are they dressing? What's, what's the, what is the artwork up in, in their house? You know, what, what are they into? And that does help because everyone has a different psychology and a different way they operate in the world. And it was very, really funny, pretty synchronistic. As we were going to a client's house, I said, you know, like if there's crystals in the house and they've, you know, burnt sage or something, then you know that they're, they, they, they operate from a mindset of understanding things energetically. You, you could make that assumption compared to if it was the um, <laughs> putting myself on the spot here. Let's just say, for example, you've walked into an older lady's house who's very conservative. And let's just say the husband was a police officer. You can tell because there's like a photo of him in police uniform and the lady is very well dressed. She, let's say she's like 70 in her seventies or whatever. And she's very modest. And you can tell that they're, that they've, that they're very, we'll just say that they're very conservative. You can just feel that you are giving different analogies. You're going to give different examples. You're going to give different technique. The technique's still the same, rather the, the skill set's still the same, but how you explain it has to be a little bit different for that person to take it on so that they can then offload it into their session. So, 
as we're going to a session, I'm like, if there's crystals in the house and you know, blah, blah, blah. We walk into the house, the place smelled like sage. She had just burnt sage and there was crystals on the counter. And I'm like, well, look at that. So now it didn't drastically change the session. However, there was probably certain things that I said, and maybe not. Maybe there was inflections or maybe I just understood how that person is so I can then utilize the session and the things that I say and the things that I make her do and the way that I make her move would be would be suited to her. So I think it's important to know analogy. Well, first of all, you need to have an, enough experience with people to know to know your learning style. So you need to learn you need to learn how to learn, number one. Number two is that you need to have experience talking to a lot of different people so you know how they learn how to learn. You need to know what you're trying to teach the thing to that person. And then on top of that, I think it's important for you to make sure that they understand what you're trying to teach so that you can see them do the thing. And the only way that you know that you're going to be good at it is by doing it. There is no other way of learning how to be a teacher without actually teaching. Obviously, get experience with dogs, get experience with, you know, understanding theory, you know, train your own dogs first and help your neighbors go to the shelter, do all these things, gain the experience. But the way to be a good teacher, to be to be a good dog trainer is by simply training people and their dogs. And my way is not about being too literal. I don't want to rock up giving you theory. I think too much theory is just going to blow your brains apart. But if I could know the theory and know what I'm going to get you to do practically so that we can achieve that theory, I think that's what's going to make it beneficial. And I think that's what people enjoy about my training. Well, that was a feedback that I got from Ellie. And that was a feedback that I would give to Jay. And ironically, it was a question that Roger asked while I was literally sitting at the seminar listening to Jay Jack talk. So if you're familiar, if you're at the seminar and you're listening to this, you know what I'm talking about in terms of the analogies that he used. Some of them were quite out there, kind of ridiculous, but you understood it. Because a lot of the times, and it's something that we're speaking about with Jay Jack on that, on that podcast, was that some people haven't walked the walk of understanding the savage mindset we'll call it savage mindset or you know the how many times have you actually been in fight or flight how many times have you been in an aggressive situation how many times have you been in a place where you are understanding that you're fulfilling an instinctive drive so my point here is that some people haven't had that experience so you may need to draw an analogy so that it can relate to them you may use sport to be the analogy for why you were defensive about a behavior. So your dog is like, why does my dog bark and growl at people and sometimes like air bite at kids when they run past? For example, just pull that out of, out of, out of thin air. And if you want to explain, well, defensive behaviors, like, well, he's not trying to like boss the kids around. He's scared and he's being defensive, just like, you know, and let's just say that we've had a discussion with somebody 20 minutes ago about you know, their kid playing soccer and how they love soccer so much. So it's like, well, you know, when you're playing soccer and let's just say the guy's doing some dirty techniques and he's like scraping his boots against, you know, the back of your heel or whatever. And, you know, at the next time you see him come close, you act a bit more defensively. Like you're, you're ready to push him away before he even comes to push you away. That's what your dog's doing in that moment where the kid's running past. Kid makes him feel insecure. Kids are erratic and, you know, they're scary to a dog depending on the dog. So your dog may act defensively to, to protect him. He knows that he's had undesirable in situations with the child before so that the same energy of when that, you know, number 17 comes up and every time you have the ball, he's like scra- scratching you and he's like giving you dirty pinches. Let's just say he's being a dirty, dirty um, player. 
you may get defensive straight off the back. Now, you may not be overtly aggressive, um, defensive by showing aggression. You may not punch him in the nose. You may change your technique of your soccer game. You may push him with your elbow a little bit more firmer than you do with everyone else, and you may have a certain attitude about you. And if there was no rules attached, if it wasn't part of the game, like red cards and yellow cards and, you know, pleasing your, your fans and your supporters or whatever it is, then you may punch him in the throat just to keep yourself safe. So I think it's important here to know your analogy, know the symbolism, make it relevant, Make sure you catch the feel for it. I think that's the most important thing. You're catching a feel for a situation rather than knowing the the actual technical, this is the thing that you need to do. I hope that makes sense. You know, I'm tra- trying to explain analogy and symbolism and metaphor in a practical way. I wanted to keep this a Q&A short length episode. Um, I have been sick for the last couple of days, so my brain's just back on board today. And I could be a little bit rusty myself, but if there is any questions about this, please let me know. Please um, email us, lifewithyourdogpodcast at gmail.com. Even better, go on Instagram, lifewithyourdogpodcast, DM us there. Any questions are always welcome. And your questions actually really do help, not just for the podcast, but it helps me to question myself to be like, hmm, why do I actually think of that? Because a lot of the th- things that we think we know, you don't actually know unless you actually talk them out loud or write them down. So, that is really important. I do enjoy your questions. Um, Roger, thanks for this question. It inspired the podcast today. And, of course, please, if you're listening to this right now, just take a little screenshot, share on Instagram, tag us, tag Life With The Dog Podcast, tag NP Dog Training. That really helps as well. More people find out our show, um, spread the word. If you find that this is beneficial, then let's let's allow other people to gain the benefits so that they can help their dog as well. Hope you guys are well. I will speak to you in the next episode and get out there, train your dog, and don't overcomplicate things by trying to, don't try to be sim, um, use analogies, don't try to use metaphors, and don't try to use symbolism. Think about it, kind of embrace a little bit, and if it happens, it happens. Don't, don't fight the resistance, don't think that you're trying to be philosophic, oh my God, I don't want to be philosophic today. I don't think that's the point. The point there is that, you know, I think a lot of people don't want to use the analogy because like, oh, I don't want to like sound smart. You're not sounding smart. You're just trying to explain yourself as best as possible. If, you, if your style is not using analogies and you're a lot more practical, pragmatic, then that's cool as well. Um, but think about in what situation can you see some analogy that could come to light that can help whether you're a trainer and you want to help other, other people or otherwise – how is it that you're trying to understand other somebody else's language? Because some, some some people may not understand analogies and metaphors that well because maybe they haven't been delivered properly or you may just not have enough experience to understand it. So, today's about teasing a little bit of thought and it's a little bit more of an out there episode talking more about the art of teaching and learning dog training, not so much about dog training itself, but I hope you found it beneficial. And until next time, have a great day and go out there and train your dog. See yous. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at np underscore dog underscore training my website 
npdogtraining.com or my YouTube channel, Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening, guys. My name's Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at www.kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, canine, C-A-N-I-N-E, .com.au. I'm also on Instagram at kizuna canine training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.